Right here, we counted down to 08. Our first New Year's here. So much has happened since then. So let's reflect on what we've learned through all the laughs and the tears. Like the heartache and the pain from doing things our own way. All the peace and the joy that come from walking with the Lord is only by His grace. By faith, we meet on Sundays and give God praise. I'm so thankful for the times we get together to pray. I wish that I could say, hey, I did everything right. But I'd be lying. Y'all would know besides it's not how I write. No, it's not what I write. So much is how I live my life. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light then our fellowship is held together by the blood of christ a place of rest for the weary welcome to the sanctuary building healthy families our families grown to the lord calls me own i'ma call this my home zone welcome home to the sanctuary a place of rest for the broken and weary where you can let go because you're fully known by forever daddy how we love you so i know at times it feels as though you walk a lonely road and hold a heavy load So we this year we've seen what we can do when we walk in unity. Like, see, we built this new building for God to fill with his children. We don't beg, we believe, and co-labor with the spirit as we let him lead. For freedom, he set us free. Like the words that are written, his word is written in me. I made many mistakes, but my slate is wiped clean. And no, no, that doesn't mean that I can live foolishly. But oh, whoa, it's silly me. Maybe you can relate. I nearly gave my heart away when it wasn't mine to give. Why must we learn the hard way? I guess it is what it is. I lost a a lot of friends, but gained some brothers and sisters. Speaking of sisters, I see my sister Jennifer get saved for half her life. We prayed. She's come a long way, and someday she'll write a book. You may just read every page. I'm saying though, I'll place my hope in what is unseen and put my trust in the one who resurrects dead dreams. It says, Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, Daddy. Oh, how he loves you so. I know it's time to feel walk a lonely road and hold a heavy load ain't got nowhere to go we got so much to prove we got nothing to show but god allows it all just so we may stay in glass masquerades time plays mad fast the past creeps at our backs sin knocks at our door tempting us with slick treasures sick pleasure galore oh lord we need much more than what we've ever seen before but are we willing to fight for what's right and go to war or would we rather just gather the matter after we scatter and lately that's the question i've been asking myself like truly will i bear my cross and die to myself we claim christ to be risen isn't this what makes us different so then why is it in life we live like he isn't because if it's just some religion then that's me in the corner i'm leaving that behind really it's about faith Great love takes time, it's so much more than a rhyme or some song we sing. So what's holding you back from dancing in the rain? For me to live as Christ and to die as gain, bringing the hook in the game. Say,
back. Some names have changed, some faces have changed, but the heart and the vision remains the same. Amen? Wow. Welcome to the sanctuary. All right. That's right. Amen. Man. I was at a, I want to start with this scripture this morning because I was at a, we did a wedding this weekend, and it was beautiful, and usually we only hear this scripture at a wedding, and so I want to drop it on a Sunday, but I'm excited to, to finish this message and just hear this. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not insist on its own way all the time. Love is not easily provoked. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. Amen? If you're not ready to love like that, don't invite me to the wedding. Praise God. Let's get, let's get busy this morning. This is week three, Church 101. And what I'm doing is just breaking down the vision of this church as we talk about the global church. And the reason I call the church 101, because as smart and spiritual as some of us think we are, sometimes we allow ourselves to get into patterns and habits, and traditions, the way it's always been done, amen? And we need to go back to what the Word says. We need to, to, go, to get a fresh start sometimes and, and a new way to look at things, amen? Would you uh, take this journey with me? Thank you, bro. As we start um, enjoying God, serving people, building healthy families. And so we started week one with enjoying God. And enjoying God was about getting a, a better picture of God, about looking at him differently. And we looked through his creations and we brought up bugs and we started talking about the creation and, and animals and, and, and the world. And because Romans 1.20 says, for since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have clearly been seen being understood by what he's made so that men are without excuse. So when you look at what God has made, the creativity and the design, his provision, the colors and smells and flavors, we see God's heart for us, amen? We see his passion and we get a picture of this father who loves us and who's provided everything we need for life and for godliness and he created something beautiful in us and for us, amen? Today's worldview, unfortunately, is people are so quick to blame God for every evil that man does. That's usually people's excuse for not coming to church, for not, for not doing, for not serving God. Is well, God created all this evil. If there's a God, how can there be so much evil? And so God gets to blame for all the evil that man's done. And then, and then we blame God for every storm and for every earthquake. But we never acknowledge him for anything good. Come on, if you've never thanked God for the perfect balance in the air that we breathe and for the sunrise and for the new mornings, then you have no right to question the rain. 
Because then what we're saying is God exists for us instead of we exist for God. Hear this. Some storms God brings us to and some storms God brings us through. Enjoying God is about meeting him in the center of both. Yeah, that's tweetable right there. And that's Church 101. There are going to be good times. There are going to be great times. There are going to be difficult times. Each one will accomplish something in you if you allow it to. Just trust that he's the God of the hills and the valleys. Amen. He's the God of the highs and the lows. And he says, I'll be with you where in, in both those places. Amen. And then week two, we talked about serving people. And we saw how Jesus himself chose community. He, he, instead of going it alone and doing it alone because he didn't need us, he, he, even though he could have handpicked the best of the best, we, we, we read through the scriptures and we see that he chose those who were available to him. He chose those who were submitted, who would choose to follow him when he called. He chose those that answered the call, and he did ex extraordinary things with ordinary people. Amen? And we learned how, how Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Creator, the one who was with God in the beginning, the one who created all things, the one who is God, put on man. And his word became flesh, it says in the word. And it taught us how to serve by becoming a servant and by laying down his life for us. And he shows us with his life what we should do. And he gives us a new command that we should love one another. And then he tells us that'll be the thing that would identify us to the world. Our love for one another. That'll be the thing that would, that, that'll make us friends with God. That'll be the thing that'll have us bearing fruit in our walk. That'll be the thing that fills us with joy. John 15, John 13, John 17. That'll be the thing, he said, that will show the world that God sent me, he says. But when we hear about Christians represented in society today, is that the thing that we're known for? We can interact now. Is that the thing? That we're known for? How come every show has a Christian and he's the craziest one on the show? Don't you hate that? I used to get excited. You watch a show and, and, and like a reality show especially. You know, everything's reality today. Fake reality. But, but everything. And so one guy says, you know, oh, there's a Christian. I used to be like, oh, wow, there's a Christian on there. That's awesome. Now I go, oh, man. That's going to be the worst dude on the show. Like, Why? But, but that's, that's, the, that's how we're, rep we're represented today, right? All, all we're known for is hypocrisy, judgmental attitudes, legalism. Does the world see, I wonder if the world sees us like Jesus saw the religious people of that time. Pharisees. Fake. Don't be quiet today, okay. I'm always amazed when I see people who, who came to church, and, and I knew them when they came to church. They came high as a kite, drunk as a skunk. They came twisted, smelly, right? And then, and then <coughs> they, 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 you know, God called them, God loved them, and, and they came right out of somebody's bed that they shouldn't have been in. You, you know what I'm saying? They came, they came 
grimy. But then three months later or three years later, they're looking down at people. Three years, three, they, 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 they're looking down. And, and, you know, God could say to us, man, you smell the same way that, that he smells now. You smell the same way when I came for you. Come on, man, love him. Show mercy. Show grace. Be kind. Amen. The word tells us that the level of judgment we show people is be the level of judgment we'll be measured by. Oh, my Lord. Do, do you, do, if you really got that, man, there'd be a, re- a revelation in your life today. Because if you could set, the word says you could set the level that you'll be judged by. By showing grace and by showing mercy. So if we're judgmental, God says, okay, I'll use that scale. The scale you use for him, I'll use that scale for you. The word says, my love and my kindness, that's the thing that brought you to me. Show that thing. That's why it's so important. That's why we talk about it a lot. That's why the word talks about it a lot. Because that's the, the word says in Romans 2, 4, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. We think it's the scripture smacking. We think it's the book bashing. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. That's what the word says. That's not my preaching. That's the thing that draws people and helps people and changes people. Instead, we're known for the wrong reasons. We're known because this one has a private jet and because this one has a $5 million house and because this one got divorced and married the cuter one from the worship team. If love is not the thing that we're known for, then we fail. We don't pass gold. We don't collect $200. The word gives us no wiggle room on this one. This is why I I, kind of like, I, I get stuck on it so many times. The word gives us no wiggle room on this thing. It has to be like this. Besides the new command that he says love one another, there's a hundred references we talked about last week to, to the way we should one another one another. Right? Receive one another. Forgive one another. Be members of one another. Honor one another. Rejoice. Serve. Encourage. Be kind. Seek good. Don't complain. And so we said last week, if we're not one anothering one another, we're not doing this thing right, and we're failing church 101. We're failing the basics. How, how do we start having discipleship classes on, you know, reaching new heights and developing? And well, for what? We're failing the basics. We're not one another in one another. Who cares about all the fancy stuff? Who cares about dispensation, you know, all the big words? For what? For what? Church 101, we failed. We're in high school, 19 years. We're super, super duper seniors. I'm sorry if that was you. I didn't mean to, you know. We love you. But it, it makes me less laughable sometimes because people come to me and they tell me, oh, pastor, you know, I've, I'm, I'm called to lead. It's been, you know, spoken over my life many times that I have a pastor's call on my life. But there's no evidence of any one anothering on you. So sometimes, you know, I want to tell them, why don't you drop and give me 25 one another's and then we can talk about this call that you have on your life. Come on, somebody say amen. So after all those one another's, did you guys greet one another this morning? Yeah? Did you think about one anothering last week? All right, three, that's good. 
The rest of you were sleeping. All right. Praise God. Like, what would the church look like if that was the thing that we were known for? Forget revival, forget anything else. The church, it would be a healthy place. Amen? It would be a healthy place. There'd be more fruit. There'd be more joy. There'd be less drama. There'd be more love. There'd be less gossip. There'd be more outreach. There'd be more life. This thing gets tiring, man. When we're doing this against the, when we're going against the word, it gets tiring. When we when we doing ministry without God, it gets tiring. It gets exhausting. When we're doing church without Jesus, it gets exhausting, man. It gets it's hard to just to just kind of you know get straightened up and be fake on Sunday. It's hard. It's stressful when you know the way you live Monday through Saturday. It's different. Listen, nobody's perfect and, and don't, you know, I'm not trying to make myself or anybody. Any, nobody's perfect. Every day we struggle. But every day we struggle. Amen? Every day we, 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 we think about this thing. Every day, you know, I lay in bed at night. Do, do, do this. Lay in bed at night and say, you know, did I love today? Did I encourage somebody today? Did I do good today? Did I make good choices today? Where did I make bad choices today? Go to sleep with that. Go, every day, let that be a trigger. I lay, I lay down and say, did I do good today? Did I, and then measure yourself. And then, and then work on that. That's a good thing. Amen? It's not to be God. The, the, the beautiful thing about the grace of God is no shame. There's no condemnation. It's not like you're going to sit there and, and you feel guilty. I'm not trying to put guilt on you. I'm trying to, put, put, um, I'm trying to spark life in you. Amen? It's not about feeling shame and guilt. We all, all of us are unworthy. Let's just, let's make it clear. We're all on the same level. We're all unworthy. Nobody here is good enough. Sorry to bust your elder bubbles. None of you are good enough. None of us are good enough. And that's the beauty of God's grace. None of you did enough good things to outweigh the bad things that you've done. Nobody. No, and some of you think you're pretty good people. Ay, ay, ay. I only promise I'll be nice the first week, remember? The, that's the, the, the final piece of the vision statement is that healthy families. <laughs> the reason TSF exists is to enjoy God, to serve people, and to build healthy families. Listen, uh, family, if you agree with that and you've heard all three messages, ask an usher for a membership application you're in. That's it. That's who we are. That's what we're about. If you can't jive with any one of those, welcome. Thank you. I'll give you a list. We got a lot of friends' churches. There's a lot of local churches right in the area. But this is us. This is what we're about. Amen? God's plan for reaching the world, I say it again and again, God's plan for reaching and winning the world is us, is the church. And so we have to get past us. We have to stop thinking about us all the time. Amen? Let's come to prayer this Wednesday without any requests for yourself. Oh, there's a challenge. There's a challenge. Come this Wednesday to prayer for somebody else. Show, show God. Say, God, I trust you with me. So I'm going to come Wednesday for somebody else. I trust you with me. I trust you. I know, man, my life ain't great. I don't have all the money I want. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have that. Sometimes my car starts. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes my house leaks. Sometimes it does Whatever. I don't have all that. But God, I know that you got me. 
Because I know that whatever you've done, like we sang today, you've done it, you'll do it again. I've been almost dead, you'll do it again. I, I've been broke, and, and you've provided, you'll do it again. What, whatever you've done before, God, you'll do it again. Whatever you've done for the, for the least of these, God, you'll do it again. So I trust you, but I'm going to come and stand for somebody else. Wow. See, for the church to have an impact on the world, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to get it right all the time, but it has to be healthy. It should be a healthy place. Too often, the picture that we see in ministry is a broken one. And listen, you've heard this before. Broken people break people. Hurt people hurt people. Damaged people damage people. And I'm not even talking about out there. I'm talking about right in the church. Amen? So if we got busy enjoying God, seeing him differently, getting to know him through his word and his people, the beautiful thing about serving God a long time is that God will start to change your theology. Everything, every time you think you got it figured out, like I got this thing figured out, I know God will blow your mind. He'll give you a whole new picture. You're like, but God, I thought I knew you. Yeah, you, you, knew a, you knew a microbe on my nail. You ain't even start to know this whole finger yet. You ain't even at the hand yet. You, don't, you know what I'm saying? There's so much to God. The longer we're in it, there's so much to the word. The longer we're in it, it grows. It expands. It changes. It opens us. Amen? If you think you got God figured out already because you came to church five times, you're, you're kidding yourself. He, if he could be figured out that simply, he wouldn't be God. So when we, if we got busy enjoying God and seeing him differently and getting to know him through his word and, and his people, then the natural progression is we're going to serve people. If we get to know God, we're going to serve people because we can't know God and not serve. Because God is love. God is service. God is, right? He, he gave so that we can, you, 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 you tracking with me? You understand what I'm saying? We can't. We can't enjoy God and not, and not love people and not serve people. We can't. It's just not go join a cult or something. You know, because, because this is the way this thing is supposed to work. And so the natural progression, we enjoy God, we serve people, will be about that thing that he said we'll be known for. We'll be loving people. We'll be one another and one another. And the natural result, the outcome, will be healthy families. Healthy families. Now, men, I was thinking about this, and, and I was going through the notes the last couple of weeks, and I said, man, I'm talking about love all the time and serving all the time, and men are going to be turned off. Men, please hear me on this. This isn't some feminized, frou-frou love. I'm not telling you to put a tutu on and a rainbow tank top and walk around with fairy dust throwing at people. This is not the love I'm talking about. Listen, listen, when I think about serving people, I, I think about the times I have to tell people the truth. I think about the times I have to go and pick up the pieces when somebody fell apart. I think about how many times a month I have to talk somebody off a ledge. Or stop somebody from jumping in front of a car. I'm thinking about all the times that I have to go and, and, um, 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 go, go and, and rescue um, families from abuse. The times we have to go and face husbands and take their families away because they don't know how to treat them. And the times I've been threatened and the times I've threatened. And I'm not saying that's godly. 
That's the kind of love I'm talking about. The kind of love that, listen, sometimes we have to carry something, fix something, deliver something, build something. Because there's been the absence of a father in somebody's life. That's the love I'm talking about. It's not, you know, we're, we're skipping around and throwing fairy dust at people. It's, this, love is hard, man. Love is laying down your life. Love is laying down your life. Serving people is not easy. It's not for the weak. That's why the word tells us again and again, be strong and courageous. That's why the word tells us over 300 times, do not be afraid. Why would he tell us not to be afraid if this thing wasn't hard to walk, if this thing wasn't scary, if we weren't going to face things that were bigger than us, if we weren't going to come against giants all the time and have to stand there and, and stand and be courageous. God says, don't be afraid because I'm going with you. It's time for men to stop leaving the church stuff to their wives. Can I talk to you? That's not healthy. Some of you are saying, man, not the Sunday I should have come. Listen, it's time to stop dropping off wifey at church while we take the boys to karate or basketball or baseball or... Because understand what we're doing when we're doing that. We're teaching our boys what's important. Because now fast forward, and I've seen this many times, your baby boy that, that, you know, we drop off mom and now we do the man stuff, but your baby boy starts getting a little older, he starts displaying hood rat tendencies, and now you want to drag his cold heart into church, throw him at me and say, Pastor, you better fix this kid. To which I'll tell you, you broke it, you fix it. The word says train up a child in the way he should go, not bring him to somebody else for training. If we're talking about building healthy families, we, we, we have to have a strong presence of men in the church. Please, please hear me. I'm not minimizing women. Don't send me bad emails. We can read about some amazing and some courageous women in the word who have done extraordinary things. And even in this church, we have amazing, powerful, strong, strong, courageous women. But, for, but the American church for decades has been led full of women, run by women, planned by women, led by women with the hope that maybe if we do things a certain way, maybe my husband will come. And that's sad. That's not healthy. Amen? Men, remember Adam. Adam left the responsibility and the regulations God gave him in Eve's hands. Uh-oh. He left his religion and his relationship in her care. And he made it her responsibility. God told him, so the responsibility was on him. <laughs> See, if you, if you want to build a healthy family, don't leave your wife by the forbidden trees talking to strange animals. First animal come up, you choke that thing out. Come on. Come on. Can we be men in the church again? 
Amen? This is the challenge at the heart and the mission of this church. I'm, I'm calling women. I'm calling children. I'm calling teenagers. Listen, teenagers, man, everything we read about in the Word, there's not viejos like me doing it. It was young people doing it. It was young people. It's not yeah, it like It was young people, man, that, that do and all the stories that we read, all the things that have done big. It was young people, man. Stop wasting it, sagging your pants and listening to, to stupidness and letting them minister to you and, and give you a worldview that's not real. It's not real, man. You're going to find, listen, I, I, you, just listen to somebody that's old that's been around the block a couple times. You're going to find out. That that's a lie, and then in your 20s or 30s or 40s, you're going to have to come to this place and face this God and get right. So cut that out and save some time, amen, and be effective. A church that doesn't invest in their children and their young people will never be healthy and never be strong. Church 101 calling us to enjoy God, serve people, build healthy families. Let me tell you a little bit how that came about. See, the church that we grew up in, a lot of us, and the church that a lot of us grew up in, they had people out on Sunday at the crack of dawn for Sunday school. Then Sunday service was three or four hours. How many know? Then you had a little afternoon break. Then you came back for Sunday night service. Culto corrido, right? Then, then the Sunday night service finished, what? When the Spirit says so. And that was good, and that was religious, and that was, that was right. Then we had another meeting, and then a, 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 another group thing, or then we had a, a group night, then we had to go to this hermana's house, then we, had, then we had Wednesday night prayer, prayer, Wednesday night prayer, every pastor in the church preached an entire message. When was Wednesday night prayer over? When the Spirit says so. I'm not talking bad. I'm just saying this is the tradition that we come from, okay? And, and, then, there's, and then there was maybe a practice for this and a practice for that. Then maybe a Bible study. Then maybe a small group night. Then, of course, there was Holiness for Friday, which everybody had to come to the Holiness. And then, you know, there was family night. And then once or twice a month, there was an outreach where it was all day Saturday. And then you start that joint all over again on Sunday. That was church. Many a pastor or elder told me that's, that's the way it's supposed to be done. It's God, it's ministry, then it's your family. That's the way it should be done. You can't give God less than that. If you give God less than that, you're not right with God. God can't use you. I was told this all the time, again and again and again and again. And so I ran on the hamster wheel for years. And I saw more and more and more families falling apart. And I'm running on the hamster wheel doing what I'm told. And, and families are falling apart. And, and, and so these kids that, who some were blessed enough to have a mom and a dad at home, but they lost them to the church. And then as I got into youth ministry, I, I watched how the ministry kids became the worst kids in the church. I love you, Mark. And as soon as many of them had a little bit of freedom, they leave the church because they resented the church, because they hated the church, because the church took their family away. 
And as leaders, they would, they would tell me, this, this is, God will take care of your kids. God will take care of your wife. God will take care of your family. You do what God called you to do. How many of you heard that one? How many of us grew up like that? And it just, too much of it didn't make sense to me, man. And I started to feel the call of God to step out and do something about it. And so I started reading and I started studying and I started discovering, brace yourselves, some traditions that have been handed down to us are not right. Some of them are not even biblical. So then why? Why do we do it? Why? Because the one before you did it and the one before them did it and, and Papa's church did it and Papa's Papa's church did it. And we hand these traditions down and we accept it like it's gospel, but it's not in the gospel. Sometimes it's not even the right way to do things. And so, so listen, I'm not, I'm not claiming to have any revelation. I'm, not, I'm just doing what the word says. And so when we started T TSF, we said, you know, we're not going to be that church that takes parents away from their kids. We know and understand that church is more than what happens here on Sundays. Somebody say amen. And so, yeah, we'll have other things, and we do. We have, we have a prayer night, and we have a discipleship, and we have, we're developing a whole new discipleship program now. But this is what we do. The, the reason we have prayer every other Wednesday is not because prayer is not important. Prayer is the most important. But the reason we have it every other Wednesday is because we don't want you out five nights a week. We don't want you out every night in church, in church, while the kids got to do homework. And, the, and this has to do this and this has to do that. And you're out in church all week, all week. Why? So we have a prayer every other Wednesday. Hopefully you would say, you know what, it's only twice a month. I'm coming to that. And I'm going to pray with the church. And I'm going to pray with the body. And so then we'll have discipleship on the opposite Wednesday so that now if you come into prayer Wednesday, you don't come to discipleship on Tuesday. And then uh, uh, worship team practice on Thursday and, or Spanish on Monday. And, you, and then you're out four or five days a week and then you're burning out. And then ministers are, are, are cranky. Anybody been to cranky churches? But of course they're cranky, man. They're there all week. And still run a job and still have a family and still have kids and still have to answer to this and still have family to, and still have all of this. But you're here five or six days a week. Yeah, we cranky. Shut up. Sit down. Read your Bible. What's wrong with you? I'm not cranky. I'm happy. See, the, the point is we don't want you at church. We, we want, if, if we always have people, if the church is always in the building, then who's being the church outside? <laughs> then we're in here for us. And this is a holy huddle. Amen. Bless me, bless you. I bless you, you bless me. I'm always getting blessed because I bless you, you bless me. I bless, we're here, I'm blessing you, you bless me. Out there we're living like devils, but in here, bless me, I bless you, you bless me. Put your hands on my back, I put my hands on you, and we're blessed. We do a prayer chain and a blessed chain. Amen. Keep all the blessings in the building. That's church. That's the American church. I come in here to get something. And if I don't get it, I'll go someplace else. This church ain't feeding me. I'm going someplace else. This, I'm not growing here. You're not growing because you're not you're eating Sunday. That's all you're doing. You know what I found? 
as I, as I just kind of digged and, and studied and walked this out and worked this out and prayed, the, the, the first ministry, the first ministry you and I are called to, uh-oh, the first ministry that God has called us to is a personal one. And it's not meant to be done only in the church, and it's not meant to be done only in the home. And, and I'm going to close with this. Worship team, you guys can come. It's, it's found in 2 Corinthians 5. I've shared this with you before. This is no big revelation. It's clear in the word. I'm not trying to, oh, I found this hidden meaning. You know, be, you guys love to buy these books and go to these things. The seven secrets behind. There's no secrets. God made things plain. Amen? Stop buying stuff. Stop going to conferences like that. God makes things plain. 2 Corinthians 5, it says, God reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Uh-oh, you're a minister. You're a minister. God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That means he, he committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's a big word. It's a fancy word. It just means being right with God. When we reconcile, it means we, we're in right standing with each other. If I reconcile with my friend, that means we dealt with all the issues that we had, and now we're good. So God reconciled us to him. He dealt with all the issues that we had, our sin, and, and he paid the price in Christ, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world, and he says, now, now we're good. And now that we're good, I give you the ministry of making people good. I give you the ministry of making people's relationships good, of, of leading people into good relationships with God. I've given you the message of, it says, we are as though we are Christ ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. Listen, if the word of God clearly says we had our relationship made right with God, it doesn't mean we're perfect. Please don't, don't get this twisted. doesn't mean we're perfect because you can sit there and say, oh, he's talking about those that are good. I'm not good. I still mess up. Yeah, we all, turn to the person next to you, we all mess up. That person, believe it or not, the person next to you messes up too. Believe it or not, I know, look, don't even look at them now because they're going to be ashamed. But the person next to you, believe it or not, he thinks bad thoughts too sometimes. Don't look, but just out the corner of your eye, that lady over there, she, she's not always thinking the right things too. She makes bad decisions too. Can you believe that? Oh, my God, look forward. That guy, <laughs> well, I don't even have to tell you. You already know because I do it sometimes in front of you. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we don't have an inclination to sin. It simply means that through nothing at all that we did, our sins have been forgiven, our failures have been forgotten, and we've been made the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. So in other words, we are in right standing with God, and being in right standing with God comes with a call. Listen, our worship pastor reminds you at the close of every service, you've been blessed to go be a blessing. That's not something cute to say. That's a mandate. That comes from the word of God. It comes with responsibility. You've been blessed to go be a blessing. It's a responsibility. It's not cute. It's not bendición. Okay, que Dios te bendiga. No, it's a, it's a blessing that comes with a mandate. 
We're God's ambassadors. We're his representatives. We've been reconciled unto God and given the ministry of reconciliation. Bless. Listen, your first ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. And listen, how do I know that's your first ministry? Because you got that the moment you were reconciled to God. <coughs> Watch how cool this is. The moment... You got right with God. That one day that you became a Christian, that one day that you said, God, I'm going to follow you, that second that you were made right, that you received the covering of Christ, that you, that you received the forgiveness of sins, that you, that moment, that second, that same hour that you received that, you received a call to ministry. My God. The moment you got reckless, listen, people wait in church for years before they're ready to serve, before they're called. And people come to me all the time, what's my calling? I'm trying to find my calling. I'm trying to find my place. You've, you've got your calling the second you believe. You were called, with a, you've been given a message of reconciliation. You were called to be a light to the world. You were called to, to, to be the salt of the earth. You were called to, to, bring, to bring it everywhere you go. Come on, say amen. And so, so many people in church, they wait for years to do something, and they often get stuck in the waiting pattern, and they waste years doing nothing, letting the called ones do the work. Traditional church will tell us, but the elders, but the pastors, but you didn't go to Bible school, but you didn't complete A, B, C, 3, and 14, and 9, 11, and, and you can't even take communion here until you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and, and you don't give enough to serve in this ministry, and you don't, and wait till you get a certificate to do this. The truth is, you got the call the second, you get the call, and you get the call, and you get the call, and everybody gets the call. The moment we believe. Many times we feel unqualified. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm closing, I promise. Many times we, we feel unqualified, man, to do anything. And, you know, the word, says, the, 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 the word says this, when you believed, not only did you get the call, but God says you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit of God, sealed with the Spirit of God. So what does that mean? Wherever you go, whatever you do, the teacher comes with you. Wherever you go, the teacher comes with you. He said, but I don't know how to speak. The teacher comes with you. But I don't know what to say. The teacher comes with you. He's inside you. What would happen, man, if we, if we understood that the teacher is in us? Can you imagine if those of you that go to school, I know it's been a lot of years, whatever, but, you know, you, you learn, you're learning something. He's like, man, I can't take all this in and all these notes and all this homework and all these projects. I can't take all this in. But the, everything the teacher gives me, I can't. I'm never going to. But, but in, 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 the, in, in the spiritual, the teacher comes with you. Wow. So everywhere you go, he's with. No, no, I see no. No, 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 do, do it this way. No, no, watch, say this. Watch, watch, no, 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 that's going to hurt you, Bobby, don't, don't go there. No, no, stay away from that one. No, she's not good for you, bro. Trust me, I'm the teacher. Amen? Let me give you the one example and just send you off on, into the mission field today. John 4, the Samaritan woman at the well. I love that story. Jesus speaks to this woman. He tells her all her business. This woman would be classified in today's culture as a thought. 
you don't know what that is, ask your kids. He tells her, listen, you've had five husbands, and the one you're sleeping with now is not your husband. Did you have to go explain that now, really? And then, he, then he listens to her ideas about God. It, isn't it? When you talk to people that are just away, they have all these ideas of God. Oh, oh no, you know this way, and God. And I heard this, and I read on the internet this, and and I read, and I follow this guy on Instagram. He says this, and he says, and they have all these ideas. Jesus listens to all her ideas about God and about religion, and then he drops truth, and he reconciles her. He makes her relationship right with him. This woman who had had five husbands, this woman who's sleeping with the next one now, this woman who has messed up ideas about religion and about God, this woman who's not even searching for God right now, she's at the well to get water. She's not even searching for God, he's searching for her. And he meets her at the well and he, he reconciles her. She's broken. And God came after her. And God reconciles her to himself. And he gives her the ministry of reconciliation without even telling her that he did that. He put ministry in her pocket, in her heart, without even letting her know. And she didn't even have to know because the word says that she went. And when she left him, it said many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. You have no excuse. This woman heard one sermon from God. Shared it with the whole town and many were reconciled to him. Wow. If the woman who stole everybody's husbands in that town could be used to bring the message of reconciliation, then how can you and I be disqualified? Who can be disqualified? We've received that call. We've been given that message. Search your heart. That message is in your heart already. That message is already in your heart. You couldn't, you couldn't say, God, I'll take your forgiveness, but I, I won't take the message. I'll take your forgiveness, but I won't take the ministry. I'll take this, but I won't take that. You can't. It's a full package. You get the premium deal. Amen? He died to give you the full deal, all excluded. There's no in-app purchases. There's nothing extra. He gave you the full deal. You're fully re reconciled to God, and now you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Let's be about it, church. Can we stand? Let's be about it, church. If you came today for the first time and this is the first message you've ever heard, welcome. <laughs> Amen. Welcome to the sanctuary. But this is what this is the word, and this is the beauty of who God is. And that's why we can enjoy Him. And that's why I can enjoy God, and that's why I can serve you. Because I'm not that nice a guy, I'm not that good a person. I never have been. But when I enjoy God, the God in me, the teacher that comes with me, allows me to do this and allows me to love you 
and allows some to sing and some to worship and some to serve and some to, to, to uh, preach and some to teach and some to usher and some to do sound and some to play instruments. The teacher comes with us. Amen. So if you're new and, 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 and you just came, then this, that's church 101. That's what church is about. Welcome. We love you. Let's worship before we leave this building and go into the mission field past those doors. Amen. Come on.